time for another edition of Unlock with Fox's Brock Hewitt. I'm Lance Taylor for the next round on Disrupt the Media. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up. It is always brought to you by our friends at MyBookie. At checkout, put in promo code nextroundmybookie.ag. They're going to hook you up with that sign-out bonus. So I have gotten two stickers from UPS, <sighs> my passing time wine, and so finally did a little backdrop on it. They don't leave a number on this. We will be back tomorrow is all it says. They have returned to sender. So here's what I can do if it's not too big of a pain in the ass. I will give you the Disrupt Studios yes. because there will be – it's got to be an adult to sign for it. It's our bass, yeah. our back-ass word, state law, Alabama – Something with wine being on the label. So dumb. But, yeah, they sent it back to Cinder. Okay. All right. I'll reach out to Big Bro. I mean, this is going to be one heck of a story when it's all said and done, Lance. (laughs) I mean, it's going to have some kind of finish. Um, But, yeah, I'll reach out to Damon when we end today and say, hey, bro, okay, just give Lance some grace. All right. He's down there in Alabama. They've got very stringent laws when it comes to shipping wine. You know, could we send him a 48-pack of Coors Light and Bush Light? Sure. But when it comes to fancy dancy wine, you got to make sure someone's there to sign. So I'm going to, yeah, you're going to give me the address of yep. the adults there yep, that yep, unlocked yep. and we're going to go get that done. Okay. I will, uh, I will shoot that out. Looking forward to that. So um, three and 19, that is the record for one James Franklin. No, three and 16 in his 19 games he's gone against a top 10 team. Uh, not good. Your network's got this game early yep. with uh, Gus and Klatt. Yep. 11 o'clock Central Time, Michigan, Penn State. I think, to me, Michigan looks like the best team in college football. They haven't played anybody, but I saw this number, and you tell me how amazing this is. Michigan has been on the, the field, I think, 460 or 490 defensive snaps. Do you know how many goal-to-go situations there has been for their opponent? Not many. Not many. It's, hey, it's zero. Yeah. Nobody's had a goal-to-go situation yeah. against this defense. Yeah, their defensive metrics, and Penn State is up there. And, and during the broadcast, we have Penn State-Maryland, uh, you know, I – rattled off and, and prepped during the week to our guys like hey i i'd like to see something that focuses on their, their top three in all of these areas i think i showed you my notes of that like it was yep. insane how good penn state's defense was and still is and then michigan's a whole nother level i mean these numbers make no sense into november you usually see these numbers out of conference right i've done a bunch of michigan games through the years and the first three four five games Number one in the country, rush defense, yards per rush. Like, these are just silly. And then eventually uh, you play conference and better competition, and it normalizes. Well, right now there's not better competition in the Big Ten. I mean, it's Penn State, it's Michigan, it's Ohio State. And the other offenses are absolute dreck. So their numbers are through the roof. Number of plays played, incredible. Number of red zone trips, Lance, incredible. Yards per rush and points and all of it. I mean, it's just is – it is silly. It will – it will deviate. It will normalize. It will regress to some of the mean. Um, Penn State will challenge them. They don't have a ton of playmaking speed. That is going to be the one thing to find explosive plays, much like it was for them against Ohio State, will be hard against this Michigan defense. But, yeah, bro, those guys, they're they're just they're special. I've never been to Happy Valley. I heard the atmosphere is really good. But, you know, an 11 o'clock kick, um, how much can the atmosphere benefit Penn State? And is Drew Aller, you saw him up close and personal, yeah. is he good enough to make enough plays to beat Michigan? Yeah, Drew Drew took a, a big step, albeit against Maryland, a team that's a little dysfunctional and disorganized and defensively doesn't have a lot of uh, horsepower with what they do, a lot of confusion. And, and having said all that, he still threw, what, four touchdown played, the best game that he's played. He was creative. He was inventive. 
He extended plays when he needed to. He threw much more accurately when he had to, certainly than he did against Ohio State. And I, I found it pretty telling. And he's still a young player, Lance, you know, super hyped up and big time talent and all that. But when we met with him, you know, it was kind of brought me back to my days at that age playing quarterback where you're like, play smart, play smart, take care of the ball, play smart. But you can't play scared. You can't play scared and not scared like fear of getting hit. I'm scared to make a mistake. Right, Tom Moore used to say those four words: "Play smart, not scared." Play smart, not scared, and he would just kind of yell it at you. And he sounds just like that. It's the only and best impersonation I do. <laughs> Play smart, not scared, and and it's and it's. How long did it wisdom. take a quarterback to do that? Because you know, I don't know if Jalen Milrow was playing scared just to to turn it on a dime and bring it back local. Yeah, but he played smart, and he played to his skill set against yep. LSU. Yep. And, you know, I mean, he, he looked really, really good. And it, it seems like he is finally processing. Things are slowing down for yeah. him. Is that part of it? It is. It's part of being like on a teeter-totter, right? You know, like there, there's a level of like balance here and I can't get so out of whack that all of a sudden I'm just trying to play so smart and protect the football and that the teeter-totter is never moving. And then I can't be Josh Allen either, right? Who still is, hasn't quite figured that out. And I can fly off this teeter-totter at any time because I'm reckless and I'm careless with the ball. So it is a it's a fine line. It's it's what the best have. It's what the Joe Burrows and the Brady's and the Mahomes is is learned and developed. Mahomes in college had to do a lot more, right? He was at Texas Tech with terrible defenses, and he had to score forty points a game. And sometimes that can really get that equilibrium, smart, scared, out of whack. But uh, yeah, I would say Milrow is finding it. Aller was phenomenal and knows in this game Saturday. Because Michigan, bro, they are they're kind of like, well, there's a lot of similarity. They're the Baltimore Ravens defense. You oh, know, yeah. I, we'll we'll get to uh your yep. Seahawks in that debate. Yeah, that was that Sunday. was that was unbelievably painful. But they oh. disguise, they are so well coached. It isn't because they know every play that's coming. They they do many things defensively. They got a front four that's the envy of a lot in college football. Um, so it's gonna be a hell of a test for Aller, but you know, I would think for him and for his family and for his friends and for his teammates and for his coordinator Yursich and his buddy Danny O'Brien, the GA there, the former Maryland quarterback, like, hey man, this is what we live for. Like Ohio State was in their building. It was really hard, really fast. It's gonna be the same kind of hard, the same kind of fast, but now you've got games under your belt, especially this last one where you played your very best. Go out there and cut it loose. Go out there and let it rip. Don't play scared to make a mistake because you're not going to be able to win and beat Michigan with that mindset. He's Fox's Brock Hewitt. It's Unlocked. Disrupt the media. I'm Lance Taylor from the next round. It is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Holidays right around the corner. Bunch, a bunch of different uh, gifts that you can st uh, stuff right there in that stocking. Go to manscaped.com. Put in that promo code UNLOCKED. So you're uh, going back to your old stomping grounds in Seattle this weekend. And 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 I can you make kind of a comparison to what you saw in College Park this past weekend with Drew Aller turning the corner a little bit against not a very good Maryland defense. Same with Bryson Barnes against Arizona State. Yeah. He looks like he's got confidence at least coming off that 55-3 win. He does. And, you know, I think um, certainly handling prosperity, and you'll hear a lot of these coaches, Lance, talk about it, but it is real. And I think handling prosperity in this day and age, maybe even harder than handling adversity. Adversity kind of galvanizes you, you know, after the Oregon loss and everything else, they just were totally galvanized and came back and just beat the beat the wheels off of Arizona State, who'd been kind of pesky with a lot of yeah. other opponents and a lot of other teams. But handling prosperity of Bryson Barnes beating USC and running for the game winning, set up the game winning field goal and, you know, handling all that success and the pig farmers gone famous. And I got T-shirts now and 
And then Oregon just hit them and out hit them and outran them. And we're so much more physical. So Saturday is not complicated. It is a clash of two very different fighters. It is a Michael Penix that's going to throw haymakers at you and wants to through the passing game. I know they ran it last week against SC, but SC is, well, you can ask <laughs> Mr. Grinch defensively, right? Unfortunately. Yeah. So they, they're going to want to do it that way. And not that they're in any way finesse because they are physical too. And, and they'll mix it up. And they did with Oregon. And it was gritty and it was tough for them to beat those Oregon Ducks. But they're going to have to buckle up, man, because Utah's coming in there. We chatted with Kyle Whittingham this morning. We did our Zoom with them. And he's hoping right now it's forecast for rain and 20 mile an hour winds. And maybe the rain will lessen, but the wind is going to pick up. He hopes it gets to 50 miles an hour because he wants his run game, which travels, and his defense, which plays, to be the difference in uh, what could be a little bit of a messy weather environment Saturday. You know, everybody's talking about, you know, Washington's kind of limping into this game. They haven't played their best football since the Oregon win. I thought Saturday night against USC, I thought they played pretty good. Can you play better offense? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, look, yeah, I know uh, SC's defense isn't that good, but to, to have the balance with Dylan Thomas and then yes. you know what you've got with Michael Penix and those receivers. Correct. Um, I mean, I thought they just went out and, you know, it was a fun game for two and a half quarters, but then they just slayed them in the fourth quarter. Five touchdowns and six drives in the first half. The only one I don't think they scored on was the ridiculous penalty for unsportsmanlike where the guy's helmet gets ripped off and, and instead of playing dead on the field, which I guess what you're supposed to do, he just – Kind of hit someone next to him, and that set that drive back. A tipped interception in the red zone in the second half. And I think that was it. I mean, they they scored touchdowns or a field goal on every other drive of the game. So, yeah, they are uh, they are difficult to deal with on offense, man. They don't. They're not a tempo team. You look at the number of plays and possessions. Both of them, Lance, get about uh, eleven a game, eleven and a half possessions a game. It'll probably fit there. Utah number one in the country in time of possession. Uh, asked Andy Ludwig and Kyle today, is that a is that a mandate? Does head coach get in the coordinator's ear and like, hey, slow it down? And Andy said, I didn't even know where we ranked. I don't never look at that stat whatsoever. We do want to run the ball. We do want to play pass. We do want to give the QB tools at the line of scrimmage to check and do those things. So and we huddle. So that's probably why um, they take so much time. But it's it's going to be an NFL game. It'll be an NFL full of NFL players on both teams. But this will feel like an NFL environment Saturday in, in Seattle. Yeah, you know, y'all's network, man. I mean, it's it's, it's a, big a nice – Yeah, it's a nice quadruple header when you look at Michigan-Penn State yep. and then what you get with your game, Utah and Washington. West Virginia playing better football. Oklahoma coming off an emotional loss. You wonder where yep. they'll be. And then at night, USC and Oregon late night, which I can't wait for this game because Alex Grinch, as you mentioned, gets fired. I don't think this defense is likely to be fixed overnight. And now you're playing one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team, one of the hottest quarterbacks in Bo Nix. People are saying Bo Nix, I think right now, Heisman-wise, uh, he's your second shortest odds right now behind yep. Michael Penix Jr. Yep. Um, Bo Nix, I think we talked about him about a month ago. You know, he's a projected first-round guy. I don't see him making those tight throws in those tight windows. Mm -hmm. He hasn't had to right now, mm -hmm. though. Mm -hmm. And they are a balanced offense. Do you think that USC, even with Caleb Williams, uh, maybe you talk about galvanizing under adversity, does the defense play a little bit better and they have a fighting shot here against Oregon, or do you think Bo goes out and just slays it? Yeah, the problem with USC's defense is they're not adding any different personnel. So, Anua, uh, the defense, when we were, this is a funny story, when we were at, at SC a few weeks ago for Utah, we were at their practice the day before the game, and uh, my producer <laughs> said something super savvy. He's like, Look at their D-line coach. 
he's their best built defensive player. And he's like 40, 50, 50 years old. Nua, I think he's co-DC this week is how they're going to like. He looks like they need him. They need like 10 of him. They don't have them. They have Bear Alexander, and he's about 290. He's a little more quick than he is. But I mean, he's a talented guy. He's a loose cannon, but he's talented. And outside of that, you're like 270, 265. Like you're just, you're small. And your linebackers are small, gentry. The guy with the long arms, two hundred five, six foot seven, yeah, just crazy. Can't hit anything and knock them backwards. Safeties, corners are small. Like they're just not. They're just not equipped to personnel wise. So, yeah, I think they'll simplify. I think they'll have cleats in the ground. I think they'll just, you know, there, there may be some emotion they do play with and rally around one another. But yeah, if USC is going to win, it'll be like the Cal game, right? It'll be like fifty-two fifty because I don't see. I don't see USC's defense slowing Bo. That offense, that run game, that tempo. I mean, Bo's a facilitator. I'm watching it, like watching Penix on tape and Bo, which I've done just in the last 24 hours because of the crossover. Like, totally different game. I mean, Penix is throwing, you know, 30-yard comebacks and out routes across the field and corners, and there's not a throw within 60 yards that he isn't just ripping it. And then Bo, almost every throw is a line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage, maybe a quick slant, like it's all just out of his hand, but he's operating and facilitating at such a quick twitch and fast pace. So two totally different schemes. I think a lot of people hoping that they run the table and they meet up in Vegas on a Friday night in a month or so. I mean, do you think this is a situation? Caleb Williams doesn't get outplayed much. You saw the emotion this past Saturday night, and I think it was just, I am exhausted from trying to win games for this team. Is there a chance Bo Nix outplays him? Yeah, I think so. He got you get more help. You know, he's got yeah. complimentary defense. He's got a great environment in Eugene, which is one of the most, you know, difficult places to play and has been for a number of years now. So he has all of those things going for him. He's got a great run game. SC's run game is capable. And if they have any chance, I do think they need to try to minimize some possessions and, and do kind of what Washington did to them. And that is, hey, be content running the ball. And they did against Washington. They ran it very well. Caleb ran it well. Austin ran it well. They ran it pretty well. But uh, it's a hard pressure to play on, and you're absolutely right. When you feel, and my last year of college was a hard one for me, Lance. Like, I played with great players my first two years. NFL dudes galore. Corey Dillon, my first year as a quarterback, was the biggest best friend you could ever have. Set Pac-10 records at that point. Broke Marcus Allen's single-season touchdown rushing. And I I didn't feel, I was like, okay, I'm a part of this thing, and a small part. And let me just hand it off and then throw, chuck it deep. That's like all we did. Quick game. Run game and deep shots. That's all, you know, I had on my plate. And we won a lot of games. And then my next year, we were super talented and NFL dudes all over the place. And we got a little bit banged up and I got hurt and a few guys. And, you know, but we beat Nick Saban's doors off in the Aloha Bowl at Michigan State and had a blast. And then everyone left. (laughs) Uh, Olin Krutz left school early. Benji Olson left school early. Other guys graduated. And it was a young bunch of puppies. And, um, and I came back to school. I flirted with going out. I'd have probably been drafted. You know, most of the prognosticators were like the third guy drafted that year, obviously behind Manning and Leaf. But I was like, no, I'm going to come back to school and we're going to run empty and we're going to get to throw it all over the place. And, and you know, the ball's going to be in my hands all the time. And about <laughs> halfway through the year, man, I was, I was spent. I was exhausted. I was beat up mentally, beat up physically, beat up emotionally because you just can't carry everything. And to me, that was what we saw that witness there with Caleb sobbing in his family's arms. It's like, I just, I can't carry all of this. And it just broke him. 
College football rankings out again, one through eight, exactly the same. If I told you you had to pick four teams right now in college football that you're that are playing for your life, that have to win two games in a college football playoff, not based on this is more eye test, more yeah. on your common sense, what you're seeing. Who are those four best teams right now in college football? Yeah, that's a really tough one, man. And we're going to learn a whole lot this weekend. Um, but I won't dodge it. And by the way, our Lamar MVP is looking better. Or, yeah. or the Ravens, Josh Allen MVP, not so good. But I'll the Ravens looking looking the part. Right after this. I mean, I want to say Georgia Lance just yep. because of the overall talent. I would I would go Georgia with you. I think Carson Beck's a better than advertised quarterback. Yes. Now we got to see him in big, big moments. And when the yep. pressure gets even greater and and you know, Brock isn't walking through that door. Um, so he's gonna carry some more, he's gonna do a little bit more here down the stretch. But Georgia's gonna be on that list just because their overall depth of roster talent, everything else. Michigan's on that list for me because I think JJ McCarthy's a, a special player. I don't think I've said this to you, I've said it to everybody. I don't think it's stealing signals that turn the corner. I think it was JJ, the jet plane that turned the corner. And you have a legit difference making dude at that position that elevates everybody else in the program. So I'm going to put Michigan, I'm going to put Georgia. And then, I mean, quite honestly, it's probably six teams and just pull them out of a hat. Pull Oregon out. Okay, I can live with that. Pull Alabama out. Okay, I can live with that. Pull those Washington. Are my, those out. are my four. You just you did my four right there on the fly, though. Okay. And and those are the ones. And and maybe Washington again. I I watched them play a pretty complete game this past weekend, but there were some ups and downs. It seems like Bama has gotten better almost almost every week. Yep. Oregon the same, and I think Michigan and Georgia are in a different class right now. Yeah, I, I think so. And we got to see a little more. This will be a great test for Washington at home. Absolutely jacked out of their mind atmosphere. You know, Utah, that is the two-time defending champ. You can actually finally knock them out of this competition because there still is a path for them to get to Vegas to win out and not have all that much help around them. But, um, I, yeah, I need I need these data points. I need to see these moments here in November to really – to really hammer home that opinion. Um, but Washington is dangerous. And, and I would say this too, Lance, like those seven, eight teams, if you were to ask your odds maker buddies and say, hey, what would be the spread right now in this game? What would be the spread on this game? What would be the spread on this game? Of those eight, you would not find what we have found in recent years, You're which right. is a huge spread in one of the semifinal games, right? It, it just wouldn't happen. Like, yeah. I mean, Washington, I mean, example was, you know, Alabama went off as a three and a half point favorite at home this past weekend to a two-loss LSU team, that yep. game's neutral site. Bama's probably a one-point favorite. Yep. I mean, what is – take any of those eight. What is Georgia-Bama? What is what is that line right now? Yeah, what I mean, is... Georgia-Bama, which we probably will see in the SEC championship game, I think Georgia's probably four and a half to six. Correct. What yep. is Florida State-Washington? If it's uh, in Tallahassee, it's probably favorite Florida State. I would think in Seattle, probably three-point favorite Washington, Washington yeah. right? What if it's Oregon-Washington again in Vegas? Right now, there sure seems to be. I think Oregon would be a slight favorite, slight. maybe two or three. Yep. I mean, we haven't seen this, and it is setting up for an incredible uh, stretch around. It's setting up for – I don't think any of this changes in 2024. I think this is going to be some of the new world order that we're looking at with the transfer portal, with the NIL, with the leveling of some of the playing fields in these places, with some of the movement of, of coaches and personnel. Like, yeah, we're going to get to a 12-team playoff at just about the right time. I hate how we got there. It's unsustainable when it comes to NIL and transfer portal and some of the ridiculousness we're seeing, the, the poaching that's already beginning when the portal is going to open in three weeks. 
the inducement side of it that this sucks and this should be illegal. So there's got to be some guardrails put in place, Lance. But <laughs> in the end, like the product right now, like going into if there were 12 team this year or going into it next year or the year that follows, the product's going to be so much more compelling than had that been in place the last 10 or 15 years. Perfect transition here on Unlocked with Fox's Brock Hewitt. I'm Lance Taylor on Disrupt the Media. Like and subscribe. Give us that thumbs up to trans uh, transition into the NFL because that is the ultimate parody sport. Yep. Uh, year in, year out, it is so unpredictable. We're getting that right now at the college football level. Um, but your Seahawks, one of the hottest teams in football, they roll into Baltimore to take on another hot team in the Ravens, and they get completely dismantled. And this was kind of the old Geno Smith showed up. Now, you can't blame it all on him because they got no. destroyed. Nothing around but, him. Yep. I mean, a couple of things, a couple of takeaways. I mean, the Ravens are really good, right? Yep. And then on the other side, do you think this is just one of those moments in the NFL? It's just a staggering blow, but they bounce right back this weekend? Or do you think it is, were they exposed? Well, I, I don't think we really know completely who the Seahawks are. I mean, you you look at their five wins. It was against backup quarterback Andy Dalton. It was against a backup quarterback, P.J. Walker. I guess Dobbs, was he the backup? I, you know, it's Kyler Murray, so technically he would be a backup. Dan, it was the Giants when they were totally broken. That was Daniel Jones, but that was 11 sacks against, an, I mean, just a, a hot mess at that time with the Giants. So what are they? Uh, take away the Detroit win, which you can't take away. That was an unbelievable win after Detroit had beaten Kansas City. So, but four you five, there's a little bit of an asterisk or a little bit of a, yeah, I, I know you won, you took care of business, but, you know, let's see you against Baltimore. You know, let's yeah. let's see you against San Fran. Let's see you against Dallas. See you against Philly. You're going to see all of it here in the next seven weeks. It is Washington this week. It is your beat up Rams team down there, probably with Stafford back and Cooper Cup, which they beat them in the opening you know week of the season without Cooper. So um, we are still in to be determined when it comes to the Seahawks, but we are not when it comes to the Ravens. Look, when I can Lamar, under when 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 Lamar is healthy, bro. Uh, when so Lamar good. is happy. When Lamar is motivated, when when Lamar's got a new coordinator that you and I both said Munkin would be a good fit for him, and he's got now a couple receivers tied in. Like, dude, you give that guy the right stable environment, you saw you can't defend him. I mean, the Seahawks had no answer for him, and if he stays healthy, I don't know how you defend him down the stretch. You know, you you played the position at this level, and I understand why they protect the quarterback so much. And I know people get upset about it, and I'll even, you know, bitch and complain, especially if I'm the, on the other side of a late hit. Yep. Yep. But when you lose your starting quarterback like the Rams, you know, the jammed-up finger from Matt Stafford, and I, you know, they go out and they start, sign Carson Wentz this week. But having to sit back and watch Brett Rippon, and this is no direct shot at him. You know how difficult it is to play and be amongst, you know, a quarterback with the greatest athletes in the world out there. There's just not a lot of guys that can do this. And there are only a handful of guys that can do it at a high level. But watching bad quarterback play in the NFL, it is tough to watch. But yep. there is a lot of bad play right now at the quarterback position, which is a little surprising because – the quarterback grooming now at every level, the maturity, these guys are ready for the spotlight. But right now, I know there's backup quarterbacks. The offensive line has got to have something to do with this. Offensive line plays some of the worst I've ever seen. Yeah. gets worse each and every year. But the current quarterback play in the NFL, when we start talking about there could be five or six first-round guys this year, they might have landing spots because there's teams in need of quarterbacks right now. Well, I think it's twofold. I remember growing up, um, and if you had come to 912 Ninth Street in Puyallup, Washington, and pulled into the house, Lance. I bet it was raining. 
I bet it would have been uh, rainy. Pretty gray, rainy, pretty yeah. small, little 1,100-foot rambler. I don't know how we did it with one bathroom growing up with three boys and my poor mom. You're I mean, a good mom. It's got to be. Back, back home to family. Saint. Um, so tiny little house with a very large boys and very large family and everything else. But our converted like garage into this family room um, was full of every videotape of every game my dad could ever record. So my dad was a Hall of Fame high school coach in Washington, one of the best I've ever played for. Web of influence will stretch on for generations that of coaches he's impacted. And so many of his players are now high school coaches in and around the state of Washington. But we had tapes on every game. And somehow, I don't even know how he got this tape, but it was a tape of Joe Montana, Steve Young, Steve Bono, Jerry Rice, John Taylor, and it was at practice. It was like from this up, uh, up on the crane view down of them throwing, like off-season, routes on air. And it was like an hour, and you didn't see a ball hit the ground. And it didn't matter if it was Joe, Steve, or, or Bono, like all three of them, just machines, absolute machines, time on task. They worked in March and in April and in May and in June and in July. Like it wasn't, hey, you know, I'll see you, I'll see you in May. Oh, by the way, we're gonna have like ten OTAs and we can't touch each other and this new CBA. And I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It is the players, you know, in the negotiation last CBA. That's where they wanted to win. Hey, man, like we want no off-season commitments. We want no contact. We want none of this. And it, and you know who it hurts? Doesn't hurt the stars. It hurts Steve Bonos. It hurts the Steve Young as a backup to Montana. Yep. It hurts those guys. You know, when I was in the league, and I know it was largely last century, but like mid-March, we're back and we're practicing and we're repping and we're getting work and we're growing and your time on task to improve. You're not getting that now. I mean, you're not getting any of that comparatively in the offseason, not even compared to college, who has winter mat drills and then has 15 spring practices, and many of them are very, very physical. And then a super intense summer with the strength coach and everything that they like. You know, you're just not developing. So that would be, you know, to, to the, you know, why such bad backup play. It's not because they come into the league with no talent. It's because once they get there, there's no practice. There's no development piece of it. It's really, really hard. Good news is this is the deepest class in April that I will, you know, I, I can ever remember. And it is Baskin Robbins. You want Caleb Williams. You want Drake May. You want J.J. McCarthy. You want Michael Penix. You want Bo Nix. You want Jordan Travis. You want Jaden Daniels. I mean, those are just the first seven to come to mind. And then there's going to be a bunch of other dudes that have a lot of experience that have played a bunch of ball and been super, super productive, may not have the measurables, but bro, it's going to be a really, really fun run up to the draft in April. Yeah. Two elite quarterbacks um, right there in the AFC North, the guy you saw this past week in Lamar Jackson and now Joe Burrow, the way he's playing, they start off one and three. He was a little banged up. That was one of the reasons they got off to the slow start. But if those two teams squared off right now, who do you favor, Ravens or Bengals? Yeah, I favor the Ravens. And some of this is just total recency bias. They held Seattle to six first downs. Fewest in the in the league this season by far and fewest for Pete Carroll in 14 years. I mean, six first downs, one of 13 on third down. They are so the real. Jets, the Jets don't want to play the Ravens right now is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think that that would be a good mix. And, you know, in talking to Pete afterwards, Pete Carroll, like, it's not just the talent. They are so well coached. They are so well developed. They do have time on task. They have a culture of being a Raven. They know what they look for. Their scheme is diverse defensively like Michigan. They disguise and they show things and they pressure and then they can rush with four. So yeah, they do it all and then they can cover down and their guys on the outside and the perimeter can, can cover well enough. 
And then offensively, they just beat the tar out of you. 298 rushing yards, fourth most in the history of the Seahawks franchise that they've allowed. Would have been 300 if they did not kneel down. And frankly, if they wanted to stepped on the gas, kept everybody in, they could have run for 400 uh, in that game. So, yeah, I kind of favor them. Maybe recency bias. I think I said similarly to you four weeks ago about the Niners. They're a complete team, dominant stars at every level. But you take away Debo and you take away Trent and you become very normal. You take away a couple Ravens, I think they absorb it better than any other team. And right now, my front runner for the Super Bowl. Okay, so the best record, it lies in the NFC with the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen's playing good football. Is he playing great football, though? I don't know. I, I wouldn't say as great as he did at you know through stretches of last year. But again, you lose some pieces up front. This is not the same O line that was there last year. Some of their run game has been up and down in nature. The receivers are just freaking phenomenal. <laughs> uh, they are they are fun to watch. And then their defense is not as dominant. They're giving up rushing yards and giving up explosive plays. So, yeah, I think in totality, kind of back to that Caleb discussion, right? With feeling like, okay, now I got to carry more. Oh. I can handle this and I'll carry a little bit more. And oh my, I mean, this just feels like I'm carrying a lot uh, for Jalen in year two compared to year number one. And we'll see whether or not that's sustainable. You know, whether or not if they if they were to lose a few people, I think you would feel that impact tremendously, a little bit like San Francisco. That's to me where Baltimore probably has more depth and just more culture than some of the some of the others. So do you get excited about going back to Seattle? I do. I mean, people will say, uh, gosh, do you fight bias? Zero. <laughs> None of them are around. Jim Lambright, rest in peace, and Barbara Hedges, and any of the – I mean, there's almost nobody that I even recognize from, from my time so, so long ago. Uh, you know, Damon is there, but he works on the fundraising. I'm going to meet the new AD. Troy Dannon seems like a home run hire. They all think the world of him. Um, they didn't do the – you know, the PC thing, they went and got the best thing. And so, you know, super excited out there, but um, no, it's fun. And in fact, Lance, how cool is this? So, um, you know, there's a, there's a couple of advantages of, of going home and, and especially with the crew. So one of them is the best seafood restaurant you're ever going to eat at. It's called Sea Star, and uh, was able to know the chef. So boom, Thursday night, get a reservation. Where and is Sea Star? That's in Bellevue. Yep. That's okay. in Bellevue. And uh, we're staying in Bellevue. That's where all the money is, right? Uh, quite a bit of money. Quite a bit of the tech world. Yeah, quite a bit of the new money in the tech world there. How cool is this, though? Uh, my fisherman buddy, Captain Tom. Do you fish, by the way? Are you an outdoorsy guy at all? Okay, so here's the problem. And this is a, uh, you're going to tell me to get 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 my balls out of my uh, out of my ass or whatever. Uh, I get motion sickness. I just okay. do. I hate admitting uh -huh. this. Yeah. So I love, like, you know, uh freshwater fishing yep. uh if we're doing it in the bay yep well once i get out and i can't see land anymore it's yeah. it's bad news for me it's bad and you've tried drama mean and all the means oh, and all yeah, the patches and all that okay yeah. so i go up every summer to sitka alaska and my buddy tom captain tom nelson runs the outdoor line weekend show um on our on our station in seattle greatest guy ever 30-year firefighter drove the big boat just unbelievable with the boat unbelievable fisherman and on Saturdays man, right oh just six five he used to be bigger and now he's country strong everything I'll send yeah. you some videos of, of us with some of the fish <laughs> we catch up there in Alaska but he reaches out to me and said you know I said hey and he's going through hell right now he's losing his wife to an awful awful battle and I just said man I can't wait to just see you you know I just want to give you a hug I love you and he said you're coming to town? I'm like, yeah, with the crew? You got the game? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, Friday morning, 
can you can you go out crabbing Friday morning? I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yes, I'm dead serious. And I want your crew out there. And uh, I'm sick and tired of seeing all this footage of them throwing fish at Pike Place Market. Like, I want <laughs> I'm, I want some new footage. It is and so I, true. It is such a, a, a so lazy stupid. backdrop. Yes. So, bro, at 0600, we're leaving the Bellevue Hotel. Me, Allison, Jason, Bo, Darren. That's producer, director, Allison, yeah, Jason. Yeah, how, how is Allison feeling about this? Now I called them all. Me? Okay. I called them all, and and they are over the moon. Are they're like, are you serious? We get to. I'm like, I'm dead serious. And here's the best part: they've been soaking for 48 hours. He's got the best equipment there is. We're not pulling up pots. He's got this, you know, wheel and it put the rope on. It's like the real McCoy, and we're gonna pull up Dungeons Crab. And more than likely, we're going to have some of the best, biggest Dungeness crab late in the season that you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. And then we go back to the dock, and he's got a big old pot and propane. And guess what? Within an hour of us catching it, it goes in that pot. And and he, you got the butter, and we're going to be eating crab and bringing it back for the crew. And you're going to see it on the broadcast if you're watching Saturday. We'll get some little footage coming back from a commercial of Benetti catching some crab, um, doing something that never get to do in their life oh uh, you know, i'll be you know, watching that do you know what it's do you know what a salmon shark is yeah 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 see a lot of people don't know that so they're oh, indigenous yeah. to the waters up where you were from yeah and they look just like a great white of course they're 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 smaller yes and there's no recorded attack on a human and i think a lot of that has to do with nobody goes swimming in that cold ass water do they uh, no no <laughs> No, the beaches of Washington are not. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty gray. They're pretty dreary. There's a reason that grunge music uh, was formed on the beaches in Aberdeen, Washington, is you know where Nirvana was from. And if you visit there, you're like, oh yeah, now I know why these lyrics are just, just you know. Ugh, yeah, I think it was sad. the 30 year reunion of Nevermind. Mm -hmm. um, I was listening to Lithium on XM Sirius, and they were doing Dave Grohl. I had to sit down with Conan O'Brien and some of the other guys, I think the producer of Nevermind. Yeah. Um, did you ever get a chance? Because, I mean, we're in that that era right with Kurt Cobain when we were coming up in the 90s. Did you see them live anytime? I did see them live. I saw Pearl Jam, uh, which is, okay. again, another long story because they hired the football, the Husky football team, which was legal at that time, to be security at the concert in Memorial <laughs> Stadium in Seattle. And that was freaking crazy. Just, Did you have the yellow security staff? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And I was I was smart enough to know I am not going near that mosh pit. We will put all the big Polynesian brothers down there, and they will just <laughs> toss dudes over the fence. Yeah. So they had a blast. Dude climbed up the scaffolding. It was great. Security tried to chase him. Not the football team. The cops. That dude got up there during a live, and I mean he's I don't even know twenty stories up. You know, with all the speakers <laughs> on the scaffolding, and he's air guitaring, and it is freaking great but if you wonder why pearl jam and nirvana and stone temple pilots and and some of that grunge scene go Handle visit box go visit seattle and you'll watch it saturday it's going to be 50 it's going to be windy as all get out gloomy dark I it's like it dark at three o'clock so you want to know where that grunge in those garages came from that that environment because uh, okay yeah i can't cool. wait i will be watching the broadcast this is one of those saturdays i'm sitting at home um, I'm going to eat terribly. Yeah. Um, it's going to be cool here. So I'm going to get a fire pit going. I mean, I'm just excited about How sitting was back it with the ladies. Uh, it was good. Ask. You know, we ended up, so we ended up, I think there was 12 of us total, Yeah, but four of her LA friends bailed. So she had oh. four of her LA friends in. We still had a good group. That's I mean, so LA. That's I, so really LA. Really oh, is. my kid is saying, let me, let, let me see the excuse. If I know LA, 
Oh, my kid is sick. Oh, I got an appointment. Oh, something came up on the calendar. That is, that's weird. Oh, there were a couple that didn't even bring the excuse until after the fact. Hey, we just, you know, things came up. We couldn't make it. And I'm like, whatever. Um, It it was fun, though, because I didn't even go to the game. I stayed in the RV lot and watched because I wanted to watch USC and Washington. Yeah. And so I sent some of these California people that had never been before, and they were like, my gosh, that atmosphere at Bryant Denny when they're playing Dixieland Delight. Mm. And mm. the fluorescents mm. are going. I mean, they 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 told me they were like, this is by far the best football atmosphere ever. It's cool. Yeah, and it's it uh, it's way it's up there, spot. man. It is. The yeah. SEC knows how to do it and do it really, really well. Well, look, enjoy your uh, old stomping grounds. Can't wait to see some of those videos. Can't wait to get my passing time. If it happens to miraculously wow. get here in the next couple of days, I will be yes. on set studio drinking it on Friday. If not, maybe I'll get it Saturday by the fire pit and I can drink it like everybody in Bellevue. Yeah, it, right. Boom. Way to go. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, Woodenville, Bellevue. That you, but you nailed it. Yep. You got it. So you're going to send me that address right now. Right now. Right when we finish. Too. All right. Right when we get done. Uh, right. You're the best. Safe travels. Tell Jason, Allison, everybody. Tell them to stay on board. It is Oof. the most dangerous job outside of an underwater welder. <laughs> I think I, I hope they that, know that. That is crab fishing in the Bering Sea. That is not yeah. Puget Sound on a very <laughs> nice warm boat. We will be just fine they will be cold it's going to be wet and they will be windy but yeah you'll hopefully get to see that in a billboard on our show on saturday it'll be a blast are you an instagram guy at all twitter just a twitter okay. guy i'll well, put it on tweets, twitter tweet, yeah tweets oh it'll be on twitter oh okay on twitter. Yeah, he's the yeah. best uh that is fox's brock Heward. unlock check him out 2 30 this week utah and washington more unlock next week make sure you like and subscribe right here on disrupt the media